0: This show is brought to you in part by the Iron Range Resources and Rehabilitation.
1: Good evening. You are listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We visited a wonderful museum a couple of weeks ago that is very near and dear to my heart. The American Swedish Institute. Located at 26th and Park Avenue South in the Phillips neighborhood in Minneapolis Is hosting a wonderful exhibit about the history of the Hagstrom guitar Whose roots were in Sweden The American Swedish Institute is a vibrant arts and cultural organization That engages locally and connects globally It's a gathering place for all people to share experiences around themes of culture, migration, the environment and the arts, informed by enduring links to Sweden. In 1968, I had a little folk duo called Paul and Christian. My buddy Christian's real name was Chuck Christensen. His uncle belonged to the American Swedish Institute, and he invited us to play a show in November of 1968 at the Institute. It was to be Paul and Christian's First gig off the Iron Range and into the big city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. We considered ourselves the answer on the Iron Range anyway to Simon and Garfunkel. So with matching jackets, a 12-string guitar, and a banjo, we made our way down to Minneapolis, driven by Chuck's dad, Wally Christensen, who was also our grade school principal. I was excited because Jimi Hendrix was making his Minneapolis debut that same weekend, the night after we were playing at the Minneapolis Armory. However, we could not convince Chuck's father into taking us to that. But we played our gig at the American Swedish Institute. We also had learned the Swedish National Anthem and had a wonderful time. So I was delighted almost 50 years later to find myself back at ASI, to check out their new exhibit about the Hagstrom guitar the american swedish institute is a leading museum and cultural center of international reputation and invites all people connect to their past and to their shared future to understand their heritage and relation to others and to discover their role as neighbors and global citizens vibrant ongoing ties to sweden will illuminate and inspire all these endeavors they operate with a commitment to these following principles stewardship hospitality, learning, innovation, and sustainability. A couple of weeks ago, I met Laura Setterberg, the marketing director for ESI, and the main man, the man I call the big Swede, Bruce Carstead who runs the operation. We had a wonderful lunch at Fika, which was recently named Best Lunch in Minnesota by the Minneapolis Star Tribune in 2013 for its new Nordic cuisine, and we went immediately to the guitar exhibit. Where we will take up from there. I'm here on Wednesday, July 8th at the American Swedish Institute where I'm proud to say I did my very first gig in 1968 with Paul and Christian. So many, many years later I'm here with Bruce Carstead, who's the head of ASI and Lawrence Lawrence Cedarwerk,
2: communication marketing
1: manager. And they have a wonderful exhibit about the Hagstrom guitar and we're going to just start at the beginning with the accordion. Bruce, tell us a little bit about the beginning of the Hagstrom
3: guitar. Uh, okay, so, uh, Hagstrom is a company and a family that comes from northern Sweden, a small community called Elvdalen. Um, and uh, the company was founded by Alban Hagstrom, who um, uh, was trying to build a music business, apparently, and uh, began to import Italian accordions for resale in Sweden. He quickly discovered that he might be able to make more money if he would uh, learn how to construct an accordion Hmm. and sell it under the brand name Hagstrom. No easy task. No easy task. So they disassembled uh, one of the uh, Italian accordions, Castello. Uh, accordion, learned that it had 4,200 pieces, uh, and figured it out, Wow! you know, a little bit of stealth and skullduggery got them uh, into a position where they began to make their own Hagstrom accordion. And of course the sweet genius as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think they produced over 700 thousand accordions in the 40-year history of uh, the company doing this, beginning in about 1932. The great Swedish uh, accordion scare. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Then in the 50s, uh, Albin Hagstrom's son went to America, to New York to explore opening up a market mm-hmm. for accordions in North America and, and quickly realized that it wasn't going to sell that much in America but there was a new thing happening uh, a lot rock of roll. Guitars, yeah. rock and roll and so he came back to Sweden saying we've got to get on this bandwagon and let's start to produce Electric guitars.
1: And what year did you say that was, Bruce? Uh, 57
3: yeah. is when uh, Hagstrom's son Carl Eric went to New York. Um, so they uh, were advised that Hagstrom was probably not the greatest brand name uh, in under which to market a uh, an electric guitar. So. Um, uh, an advisor, an investor perhaps in the company said, let's go with Goya. A Goya guitar will sell. And so they created their first uh, uh, electric guitar under that brand name, adopting many of the features and using some of the same materials right. that they were employing in the construction of the accordions, glittery uh, surfaces, buttons uh, for modulation of tone and pitch, uh, and they became a popular
1: uh, success. Well, this Goya guitar we're looking at, it it, has this beautiful wood, like, it almost looks like the entire headstock and neck is Mother of Pearl, Uh, silver or it's silver, and then the body is a gold speck like it's uh
3: made out of celluloid which is wow. what they were making uh, the, uh, the the accordion of.
1: this guitar if it was put on the market today would still seem completely modern I think so yeah I think so yeah
3: yep. it's a
1: wonderful piece is this Circa 1957 or 58?
3: This is, you know, the, the, they manufactured the Golias between 1952, 1960, 1959, 1962. Okay. So somewhere in there, Well, it and also this when this one was
1: produced. Also kind of coincides with the space age. Yep, yep, exactly. So you have a, a very modern twist on an instrument that has its roots in the accordion. Well, let's go around and show us what what is the, uh, what are we looking at
2: here? Well, you know, one of the great things that we at the American Swedish Institute like to do when we're showing exhibitions from Sweden and the Nordic region is really complement it with a local look at Minnesota and regional artists. And so part of the experience here is we look at how the Hagstrom guitar was built and what some of the innovative features of the Hagstrom guitars at the time how is actually a guitar built? And so um, we've partnered here with Charlie Hoffman, who's got a fabulous uh, guitar repair um, and uh, shop. A lot
1: of mine over the years.
2: He's, he's a fixture of our neighborhood that so we're
1: he's in. A worldwide renowned luthier.
2: Absolutely. Still
1: based in a shop on Franklin yes. Avenue.
2: and that's a magical place to visit. Yes, it sure. So is. If people come check out the exhibit, you can duck in over there. We're yes. not too far. But he, um, in the in the gallery here, is walking us through how the the guitars themselves wow. are built. And so, um, kind of breaking it down uh, for visitors to explore how all of these pieces come together. to wow. create such a great instrument.
1: Well, what a nice thing for him to do. The fun thing about Hopping Guitars, if you get there on the right day, you might be lucky enough to bump into Leo Kocky. <laughs> My hero. So here's... Uh Oh, now, this is interesting. We're looking at a, um, a baby blue guitar with an amplifier that looks almost like a, uh, AM radio, a larger
3: AM radio. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, so this is the next iteration uh, in the wave of guitars that came out from uh, Hagstrom. And this is sort of a laminate body with blue colors. Um it looks and, at a little bit for, for those in the radio audience, like uh, a little bit like a smaller version of a Fender Stratocaster. Yeah, yeah, and these were made uh, to be sold inexpensively. They okay. wanted to get these guitars into into young musicians' hands, so they attempted to to do so in a way that there was affordable purchase for them. These were manufactured under a different name, not Hagstrom, not Goya, but Kent. Huh. The Kent guitar, uh, and uh, this particular model was played by David Bowie wow. uh, in the song Rebel Rebel in 1974 and it comes replete with uh, with a wang bar for those that are looking for the surf sentence mm-hmm. mm-hmm. with a what they call a tremolo 26 amplifier Wow. It weighs less than a typewriter, according to Hanks.
1: Huh. Well, you have to really give them credit. They were, they've really been on top of their marketing yep. and national and international trends. Yep.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and that's something, you know, that they were not the largest produced um, guitar in the world, It's not Fender Gibson, but right. they had a really niche following um, during the height of their production, and that was due to some of these great marketing pieces that we're doing, making sure you get them in the hands of David Bowie, of Elvis Presley, right. mm-hmm. and getting them with the with the rock Good. and roll. Once
1: again, yeah. brilliant marketing. Yeah.
3: The other the other thing about these guitars is that they were known as a fast playing guitar, mm-hmm. which apparently is an important feature uh, for a uh, guitarist, and reason they were fast playing is for a couple of reasons one a very thin neck mm-hmm. uh, and they were able to produce a thin neck guitar that would withstand the rigors of 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 a, of a guitarist playing it by inserting a steel rod uh, embedded in the neck of the guitar which was something that they uh, adapted from Volvo um, Saab aircraft manufacturing to strengthen the wings, you know, with a lightweight alloy uh, and to give it some strength. Uh, And then, and and so these, the thin neck and then a, a, a rod for durability and strength allowed these guitars to develop a reputation as being really fast playing.
1: More with Bruce and Laura at the American Swedish Institute on the Wall of Power radio hour after these messages. Unbeatable appliance savings, then save more. Have Warner Stallion's free tax rebate event. Save hundreds on the appliances you want. Warner Stellion has them all at guaranteed low prices. Get exclusive additional savings with our free tax rebate event. Then save even more with free local delivery, basic installation, and appliance recycling, all done by our trusted specialists. These exclusive offers are only available for a very limited time and only at Minnesota's appliance specialist, Warner Stallion.
0: Someone asked if I really do love my Rudy Luther Toyota Sienna as much as I say I do. Well, this week I've got groceries, a Target run, seven sports practices with carpooling for four of them, two games, three music lessons, 4-H, dance, helping a friend move. We'll also probably have three play dates. I'll have to drive to work and I'll have at least one weekend family outing. Yes, it's a lot, but I get to do it all in relaxing comfort and style. Yes, I do love my Sienna. And you can fall in love for yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169.
4: Hi, this is Laura with Food Freedom Radio. And I'm Karen. Join us every Saturday at 8 a.m. It's all about food, you know, Laura. Right, the health of the planet. You know, carbon-based farming can solve the climate crisis. Well, because community is medicine. And it's not about one seed to rule them all anymore. One seed rules the world. Yeah, let's have something else. Let's, like, Uh... worry about our individual health, our community health, the health of the planet, while eating food. Yeah, because it's all tied to food. So listen to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday at 8 a.m. On AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
0: Kevin Ross here, inviting
1: you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's
0: market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com.
1: Warning. Last year, over 40,000 Americans died in car-related accidents. Not a pleasant thought, is it? In fact, as thoughts go, it's downright depressing.
0: Well, that's where we can help cheer you up. We're StandUpRecords.com, and we offer the finest in CDs, DVDs, downloads, and merchandise from the best comedians on Earth. Artists like Mark Maron, Maria Bamford, Eddie Pepitone, and Doug Stanhope. Available at fine record stores, Amazon.com, and the iTunes Music Store. That's StandUpRecords.com. Come on, listen to us while you're driving. Live dangerously.
1: Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We are going back to our conversation with Laura and Bruce about the Hagstrom Guitar Exhibit at the American Swedish Institute
3: by producing the Viking model guitar uh, in the late 1960s. And this particular guitar, not this identical one, but a similar guitar, uh, same edition, same style, same color, was handed to Elvis Presley two days before he went uh, on TV in 1968. For the Comeback Special. For the Comeback Special, and when he was performing Jerry Reed's Guitar Man uh, on that program, he was playing
1: this hagstrom. Wow so that's the viking yeah
3: and, and then we got a bass that was played by jimmy hendrix experience really you know, in the late 1960s and it's an
1: interesting bruce because it's an eight string bass uh-huh. Uh-huh. and this is uh yes uh, a clip from the jimmy hendrix experience that's very interesting. they're doing hey joe in 1967 the guitar is being played by bassist noel redding yeah. And we have several video clips
3: uh, as a part of the uh, exhibition uh, which shows the Hagstrom guitars being played by these uh, fabulous performers. And we also have on loan some Hagstrom guitars uh, to where you can go on stage and, and do your own strumming yourself and broadcast it on social media. Oh, fantastic. We
1: might have to take advantage of that before the day is done. Now, these guitars... I'm looking at it. it's called it's a Hagstrom solid body. It looks a little bit like a Gibson Les Paul except it has uh, where the uh, cutout is on the bottom of the neck. It's rounded as opposed to more of a pointed shape. And let me see what what can you tell us about the patch 2000?
3: Well. Um, uh, there are there's some synthesizer capabilities that are embedded uh, within this particular uh, uh, guitar it was promoted by Frank Zappa uh, who, who played it but apparently it was a little bit complicated it never really uh, uh, sell well uh, but uh, it uh, it was uh, you know, well-regarded by some of the professional musicians. Like, well, uh, it's this is signed
1: uh, by one of the great American jazz guitar players, Larry Coryell. Yeah,
3: yeah, he favored this one as well.
1: So, I also believe this guitar was featured in the advertisements in Guitar Player. I believe other Hagstrom guitars mm-hmm. were, but I started uh, receiving. Uh, subscribing to Guitar Player magazine in 1971 and I remember seeing pictures of Larry Coryell playing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now we go over here, here's some, here's some, which way do you want to go left or right?
3: Well, we've got, we can go just sort of end here with, uh, there's a number of uh, sort of Scandinavian model uh, uh, with, with Nordic names, uh, you know, we went from Goya to Kent and now you know Viking, and now it's Swede, Super Swede, Scandi, and Viking. Right. Uh, uh, are the uh, are the brands uh, under which these are sold? Um, you know the, the the Hagstrom guitars faced a lot of competition in the in the mid 70s, and actually production ended in Sweden at about that time. Uh, other companies are now have picked up the designs, the model, and are, and are producing. Uh, the, under the are, name, under the name Hagstrom. Okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and this particular collection of guitars are on loan to us from a museum in in Sweden, in uh, fallen Sweden, uh, the Dallernes County Museum. They've assembled a really fine collection of, uh, of guitars that they hope to create into a permanent exhibition on uh, this, uh, this phenomenon. Uh, they're also selling... Uh, 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 A sort of commemorative model. What we have right here, with uh, uh, sort of a um, uh, a Nordic design floral motif on the pick on the pick guard, which represents the cultural heritage of that area. Right. And one can pick one of these Hagstrom Viking 100 only. Only 58 of them are being produced. Wow! Uh, This is number 11 in the series, uh, which is being exhibited here, and so it's a very limited uh, uh, edition that uh, helps the museum essentially uh, create this.
1: uh, Well, it's interesting. Now we've got four guitars over here. This, the Pat Smear signature model, uh, Pat Smear is playing right now with the Foo Fighters, Mm -hmm. came up to the punk rock, and that is a beautiful guitar. It's a double cutaway, Mm -hmm. two humbucking pickups, it looks like humbuckers. Uh,
3: These are on loan to us uh, from a
2: local company. Mm -hmm. Eclipse Records. Who's that? Eclipse Records in, in West St. Paul. Okay. Here's John Justin. Fabulous. Uh, fabulous shop over there. Um, these contemporary instruments are on loan to us for the exhibition. And these are the types of things, the types of guitars that you'll see people picking up and playing during our ballroom music series That's, that kind of goes along with the show as well. Cool. And well,
1: tell us now, Laura, when the, the show started just about 10 days ago or so?
2: Yeah, we just opened. It runs through October. And we, this is part of our summer fall theme the way music moves me because music okay. is so in- instrumental, not for the pun, right. but instrumental to and core to the Swedish lifestyle right. in most. Uh, choirs in the world. Everybody sings. Everybody's making music. And so, in addition to Amp Up, we have a great exhibition in the Turnblad Mansion called The History of Swedish Music in three minutes or less. And that walks you through 300 years of Swedish musical history through classical guitars. So, in three minutes. In three minutes. Well, <laughs> 10 rooms, 30 minutes. But yes. um, a wonderful way to look at not just electric guitars and their contribution and Swedes' contributions in the rock and roll world, but also through classical guitars. And like I was saying earlier, really, how we connect contemporary Sweden and the Nordic region we're also looking at those regional and Minnesota artists um, through here in the show as well and so you'll see a great um, homage to pedal art and the art that is being made um, in Minnesota Wisconsin the upper midwest um, as people explore the different you know the different accessories and toys that come with us and we are gonna look at those but
1: let's uh, tell the people Uh, The address, the American Swedish Institute, and the hours that people can come and enjoy the exhibit and whatever else you have going on. Yeah,
2: the American Swedish Institute is located at 2600 Park Avenue South in Minneapolis. We're just 10 minutes from downtown. We're open uh, six days a week, every day except Monday, and we are open late until 9 o'clock on Wednesday night.
1: Oh, cool. And what's your website?
2: ASIMN.org. All
1: right. Well, let's look... For those of you crazy rock and wall guitar players that love to use pedals, there is, I'm looking at almost a dozen different kind of p- pedals. And are these how are they connected uh, with the Hagstrom company now, or are these just Swedish pedals? They're not really connected to the Hagstrom company at all.
3: Okay. These these are local uh, firms oh, okay. uh, and designers, and uh, we we in addition to showcasing the best of Sweden, Swedish and Swedish Nordic design, we also have we also like to have a local presence uh, and tying into local artists and crafts, uh, no matter what uh, may be the subject matter of the exhibition. So this is just. Uh, an example of showing uh... uh... midwest designers engineers uh... products uh... that serve the uh, the uh... the guitar players you know bruce it's funny
1: how we're looking at the Hagstrom how it evolved uh, company how it evolved from accordions to electric guitars and i had a friend of mine about a month ago call me at a terrible incident Somebody kicked down the front door of his house and stole two of his favorite guitars out of his living room. And I told him I had a similar experience when I moved into northeast Minneapolis in 1996. Somebody in the middle of the night kicked down the front door of my house, came into the living room, and left three accordions.
5: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: All right, that's Bruce Amar from the American Swedish Institute. Come and
1: enjoy this beautiful exhibit. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness
0: of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey, the dreaded (laughs) splash fight. It's dad o'clock
1: and it's the best time of the day because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life.
4: Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with eatlocalminnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, eatlocalminnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. For over 76 years, Our Kitchen has been serving classic American breakfast and lunch dishes in a diner-style restaurant off 36th between Aldrich and Bryant. Favorites include their award-winning pancakes and hash browns, along with sandwiches and coffee. Our Kitchen is open weekdays 630 to 3, weekends 7 to 2. More at eatlocalminnesota.com. The Bad Waitress at 700 Central in Northeast Minneapolis is a bit more grown up than its sister on Nicolette. The Northeast location's finer diner vibe offers craft cocktails from a full bar and an innovative new dinner menu. Still committed to supporting local purveyors and serving organic whenever possible. See the Northeast menu at TheBadWaitress.com
6: your imagination at Stages Theatre Company with the steampunk, dance-inspired musical, The Nightingale. You will be charmed by the reimagining of Hans Christian Andersen's classic fairy tale as a whirlwind of mayhem when a watchmaker's mechanical bird creates a frenzy in the mayor's festival of progress. A delightfully contagious tune turns into a comical clatter as they yearn for the original Nightingale's songs of natural beauty. Enjoy the journey as the town learns to find balance between technological progress and the healing music of the real Nightingale. This world premiere musical is told through Original Music and is the sixth collaboration with Escalate Dance. It features ballet, tap, jazz, contemporary, and folk-centric dancing and choreography. The Nightingale runs March 9th to the 25th and will be loved by all ages. For ticket information, visit stagestheater.org. The Two Gingers just can't get enough of Paul
7: Metzah. He's smooth, yet strong. A great mixer and very refreshing. The Two Gingers are his biggest fans. They're at practically every bar, club, and restaurant in Minnesota to see his shows. And now they've taken to following Paul around the country. Texas, New York, Nebraska. You never know where you may find the Two Gingers. Just ask the bartender for them. Two Gingers Whiskey. What could happen?
2: With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 26. Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 45. And Monday, mostly cloudy with a high near 41. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com restaurant of the week is Our Kitchen. Our Kitchen serves some of the most delicious comfort food around. Their family-owned diner-style restaurant has been located at 36 between Eldridge and Bryant Pro for 76 years. Find out more at EatLocalMinnesota.com.
1: with the Wall of Power Radio Hour, this is your host, Paul Metzen. We're talking about the great Hagstrom guitar exhibit that is taking place through October 25th at the American Swedish Institute. My good friend, Kelly Hodgkiss, was able to track down one of the first Hagstrom guitar endorses in America, jazz guitarist Larry Coriel. Larry is one of the greatest jazz guitar players in America as we speak. And also in the mid to late 60s was one of the pioneers fusing jazz with rock. He's recorded over 70 records. He's in the middle of a dozen projects as we speak. He just got done helping his wife record her new CD. He's going to tell us about some other projects he has coming up on the docket by phone from the sunny state of Florida, jazz guitarist Mr. Larry Correale.
5: I had to prepare for a big uh, guitarathon at uh, a club called Chance Blues Alley, Blues Alley in uh, Washington, Washington D.C. Where I'm going tomorrow.
1: Wow, that's a that's a very famous blues club. I believe Charlie Bird uh, used to work there quite a bit.
5: Is well. correct? Charlie Charlie Bird is one of the forces that promoted jazz and the the guitar Hmm. uh, in, in the last century Charlie
1: Burgess was and is very important I had the pleasure of seeing him several times at a great jazz club in South Minneapolis called The Artist Quarter where I also saw people I'm sure you've admired and probably played with Joe Pass, Tal Farlow Herb Ellis among others
5: Wow The Artist's Quarter
1: Yes, and it was. You could sit up. It had maybe seventy to eighty seats in the listing room, and then a horseshoe bar as you walked in. Uh, but you could literally sit five feet away from from any of those great artists, and uh, in my case, cop the licks that I could understand. Wow! <laughs> so, in fact, you know, I just saw a uh, I purchased a video documentary on Tal Farlow, and there is several minutes playing with a uh, man you might have met and i'd love to ask you about mr lenny bro oh, yeah,
5: did they play together
1: yes it's just wonderful and there's some outtakes which i haven't gotten to it's phenomenal
5: i would imagine it would be pretty amazing
1: lenny bro for the folks out there that never heard of was one of probably the greatest fingerstyle jazz guitarist I think in in my lifetime played a seven string guitar sometimes it was also kind of a master of harmonics did you ever get a chance to play with Lenny over the years Larry yeah what was it like yeah I did
5: well um, I don't remember exactly what it was like playing with him but I remember that after hours he gave me some lessons really he showed me how to play those harmonics. Oh, my God. He was... He uh, showed me that artificial harmonics technique.
1: Right. That was just incredible stuff. Just chimey almost sounds like a Boisendorfer piano if, if you if you amplified it correctly. Yeah, he
5: also showed me how to uh, play giant steps.
1: Hmm. The John Coltrane tune. Wow. Yeah,
5: he, there, was, there was a little secret that he uh, shared with me.
1: Hmm. We won't ask you to share the secret, but that is probably, would you consider it, Larry Coriel, to be one of the most complex tunes to try to play? Uh, It is quite
5: complex, and also uh, another culturing composition called Countdown is very complex.
1: Okay. Now, Larry, you were born in Texas, but kind of came of age in Seattle, Washington, correct? That's right. When did you start playing guitar?
5: I really can't recall exactly how old I was, maybe 15 or 16.
1: Okay. What were your first influences? Chet Atkins. Oh, love Chet Atkins. Well, I believe Chet was the man that really convinced Lenny Bro to move from Canada and possibly might have gotten one of his first record deals. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Chet, of course, was a guitarist, guitarist. Now... Larry, you uh, really were at the forefront with a handful of other musicians. Uh, can we call it jazz rock fusion or one really jazz meant rock and roll in the mid 60s? Anything you want to call it, it's fine. Okay. Uh, but you were really at the forefront of that and uh, playing with a bunch of marvelous musicians. Did you have any. Any pushback from the traditional uh, boppers at that time? Uh, of course, you know Miles Davis was entering that territory as well. But was there any pushback from the you know uh, traditional uh, beboppers with uh, going more electric yeah. and playing louder? Yeah,
5: there was some pushback with jazz. What are you going to do? <laughs> we were trying to do something different based on our love of jazz music. Uh, that's, that's all. That's all it was. Our motivation was to honor, to honor a person in West Montgomery, Barney Castle. Instead of copying them, we, we wanted to take it forward if we could.
1: Right. Now, what uh, other guitar players did you listen to that influenced you in your early years uh, besides Chad Atkins?
5: Uh, Barney Castle.
1: Mm, love Barney.
5: Johnny Smith.
1: Mm. My goodness, yeah, I love Johnny.
5: Grant Green. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. Um
5: a great uh, uh, Billy Bauer.
1: Wow. Got records by um, all those guys. Yeah, um Billy Bean. Okay.
5: Loved Billy Bean. And of course California Yes. Yes.
1: Well, it's amazing when you see, I think it's just called, uh, the video is called Talman Farno, how huge his hands were. Yeah. You know, and I believe he was playing, correct me if I'm wrong, was he playing a Birdland at the time, which has even a little smaller neck than a lot of guitars?
5: He might have been, but I don't, I don't know, you know, he designed a guitar that the nut was shorter or something like that. Was on a smaller scale or
1: longer scale. He designed it in such a way that would make it easier to play. Wow! Well, and he was also not only one of America's greatest jazz guitar players, but uh, in the lineage of Woody Guthrie, uh, hell of a sign painter as well. Which I think is how he made his living for years in Seaport, New Jersey, when he wasn't on the road gigging. Tell us a little bit about, as long as we're talking about the Hagstrom guitar here, I remember Guitar Player Magazine, which I subscribed to in 71, I think I started. You were one of the first American guitarists to uh, endorse the Hagstrom guitar, is that correct? Yeah. And how does that, tell the people out there, the young guitarists, young musicians, how do endorsements work? They give you a free guitar and you have to do a few gigs and, and possibly they pay to use your likeness in ads? Or, yeah, you yeah. know. Okay. It,
5: it, mainly you get a free guitar and it's usually the best model in the line.
1: Right. Now, I was doing a little research on Hangstrom and it said uh, Frank Zappa there for a minute or two uh, also played a Hangstrom guitar. Do you know anything about that?
5: Nope. Okay. The only time I, only time only guitar I ever saw him play, I believe, was an L five. Hmm.
1: Did you ever have a chance to hang out with Frank Zappa? Oh yeah. Wow. What was that like?
5: I am told I was in the president's in the president's
1: hmm.
5: the presence of a genius.
1: Right. I can I can imagine. Well you were you know, you've been around so many great musicians, uh, it would probably be hard to, to talk about them all in the, in the course of a short conversation. But you also had one of the first jazz fusion groups called Eleventh House. When did you well, do, when did you do your first record with them, Larry? 1973. And tell us who was in that band.
5: Alphonse Bouzon, Michael, Danny Trashan, and Randy Brecker.
1: Wow. Did I hear there's there uh, recently or there's going to be a reunion of the surviving members of that group? It was last week. Oh wow, how was it? Unbelievable. I hope it was recorded.
5: Not officially. I'm sure somebody has somewhere as they always do in today's advanced technological environment. Somebody exactly. bootlegged,
1: somebody bootlegged it. No, it's somebody that I know. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. You know, Larry, I, I booked a blues club called Famous Dave's Barbecue and Blues in Minneapolis from 2001 to 2007. And I never had the chance to book your son, uh, Morale Coriel. But I followed his career because I'm on his mailing list. And he's just developed into a powerhouse blues guitar player. Oh,
5: yeah. He's fantastic.
1: So you must be very proud of him.
5: I'm proud I'm of both of my sons. I'm proud of his little brother, too.
1: And what does his little brother do?
5: He played me 11 times last week.
1: Wow. Is he, does he play guitar?
5: Yeah, he played all the keyboard parts, the guitar, using lots of pedals, so it sounded like a synthesizer.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Well, are we ever it going was to... be
5: incredible. I was very impressed with what he did.
1: Wow. How old uh, How old are both of your boys?
5: Maroney well, is, I suppose 2015,
1: He will be 46 this year. is 42. Wow. Well, are we ever going to see a uh, a guitar trio with the uh, with the choreals? Absolutely. Boy, would I love to see that. I know you play. I I've never seen you. I'm playing a lot myself, but uh, when you do get to Minneapolis, you play the Dakota Jazz Club.
5: Yeah, we're going to be at the Dakota
1: in about a week or so. Oh, really? Do you know the date offhand? I do not. I just know that it's
5: early
1: August. Okay, well, that's wonderful because this show is going to air on July 25th. So people out there in the Wall of Power Radio Hourland, check out uh, Larry Coryell, master jazz guitar player, coming to play at the Dakota Jazz Club the best jazz club in the Twin Cities, one of probably the 10 best jazz clubs in the country, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Now, are you playing with uh, what configuration? Solo, trio, quartet? I
5: actually, uh, I almost to tell you this. Actually, I'm playing with a Tindian group. Really? <laughs> tell so us a little bit about doing, that. We're going to be doing ragas and uh, unfamiliar time meters and uh, some, you know. But we're still jazz musicians, so we'll, but it's, it's improvisation, but it's not going to be uh, bebop in
1: <laughs> Well, that sounds really fascinating. I was doing a little research on you, Larry, and I saw at some point you you studied and played sitar.
5: Yeah, but that was that was a failure. <laughs> I didn't really have a good teacher. Well, I just bought I just bought one and, and messed around with it, but um... And, and that was very early in my career now i would i would say to anybody who wants to play the guitar that they there are many teachers now in america right, who will, who, who will teach you how to play that instrument properly
1: Wow, and a good yoga structure to be able to, to play the thing cross-legged for eight hours at a time that's <laughs> true, so maybe you have to sit <laughs> in a funny position More with Larry Cordial on the Wall of Power Radio Hour after these messages.
7: The Two Gingers just can't get enough of Paul Metzah. He's smooth, yet strong. A great mixer and very refreshing. The Two Gingers are his biggest fans. They're at practically every bar, club, and restaurant in Minnesota to see his shows. And now they've taken to following Paul around the country. Texas, New York, Nebraska... You never know where you may find the two gingers. Just ask the bartender for them. Two gingers whiskey. What could happen?
4: Victor's 1959 Cafe in South Minneapolis is a locally owned and operated restaurant offering traditional Cuban food. Open for breakfast and lunch daily with dinner Tuesday through Saturday. For night shift workers, Victor's even has both a morning and evening happy hour. And Victor's now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try some delicious authentic Cuban cuisine like ropa vieja and seafood paella. Make your reservation and learn more at victors1959cafe.com. Victor's 1959 Cafe, revolutionary Cuban cooking.
6: Spur your imagination at Stages Theatre Company with the steampunk, dance-inspired musical, The Nightingale. You'll be charmed by the reimagining of Hans Christian Andersen's classic fairy tale as a whirlwind of mayhem when a watchmaker's mechanical bird creates a frenzy in the Mayor's Festival of Progress. A delightfully contagious tune turns into a comical clatter as they yearn for the original Nightingale's Songs of Natural Beauty. Enjoy the journey as the town learns to find balance between technological progress and the healing music of the real Nightingale. This world premiere musical is told through original music and is the sixth collaboration with Escalate Dance. It features ballet, tap, jazz, contemporary, and folk-centric dancing and choreography. The Nightingale runs March 9th to the 25th and will be loved by all ages. For ticket information, visit stagestheater.org.
3: We all have the ability to touch the lives of those around us. To someone going through a difficult time, a text, a call, or a visit can mean so much. Reach out to the veterans in your life today. Let them know they're not alone. One simple act can make all the difference. That's the power of one. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, visit VeteransCrisisLine.net for free 24-7 confidential support.
1: We are back with the fourth set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host Paul Metza. We are chatting by phone with jazz guitarist Larry Coryell. One other guy I have to ask you about because he's a he's a he's a jazz guitar mystic, and I saw him at the Dakota six or seven years ago, and he played solo. Absolutely blew my mind. Is Pat Martino? Oh, he's amazing. And he came back, I think he had a brain aneurysm or something, and had to relearn how to play guitar. And, That's true. And he's better than ever.
5: He is. It's really unbelievable. I was opposite him uh, earlier this year in
1: New York. Wow. Now, you're still traveling all over the world, uh, and you play in a variety of configurations. Is there anything... Currently, that you like playing the best, solo, with a quartet, or with this Indian group that'll be playing at the Dakota first part of August.
5: I, I like I like all of it, but if, I, if if we could get more gigs, I would sure like to do more work with the Eleven House. Hmm. Last last week last week was incredible.
1: Huh? Well, we should put we will put the word out here in the Twin Cities to get uh, get that band into town. You've got you're one of those guys that has lifelong fans like myself. I've got a dozen records of yours in my collection. I know you put out close to, if not over 70 LPs. Is that correct, Larry Correll?
5: I haven't. I don't know what the count is, but I, I do record a lot. I've had a long career. I'm, I'm fortunate that I've had good health and, and been around a long time. And you still uh, got, Let me tell you about the group I'm playing with tomorrow. Please do. It's myself and a rhythm section, and then Jack Wilkins is one of the three of the guitarists.
1: I have one well of his the... records.
5: Yeah, Vic Duress. Wow. Do you know him?
1: Yes, I have one of his records as well, but I haven't heard of either of those guys yeah, in nothing. years.
5: I'm not going to believe how good these guys are playing. And Randy Thompson, who's just a play with, Lou Donaldson. Wow. We're going to take a 4 guitar group plus spinning session into the the um, blues alley. Fantastic! For their fiftieth anniversary of, of the club, we're going to be on the Voice of America on uh, Friday.
1: Oh, <laughs> I will tune into that, Larry. I have to ask you one more thing. I know you uh, have things to do uh, and plans to catch. First of all, thank you, Larry Coriel, for taking the time to chat with me. I look forward to seeing you in person. I will try to get down on that Dakota show in Minneapolis. Yeah, man, I
5: gotta see you. I gotta see you when we come to town.
1: Oh, absolutely. I would. Uh, I'd, I'd love to take you out for lunch. Let me ask you this. I know you live in Florida, correct? Yeah. now did you ever bump into another guy who uh, I have one record by he taught at Miami University uh, but I have a couple of uh, guitar books by Joe I believe it's Diorio oh I love
5: Joe Diorio he didn't play he had a stroke he can't play 100% right now
1: but he's still around oh yeah he he had a
5: stroke and he's slowly slowly coming back from it.
1: wow I got to drop one more name, another guy who I'm sure you love like I do, Hank Garland. Did you ever get a chance to hang uh, with Hank Garland?
5: No, I was I was too young. I mean, he, he I think he had a stroke or he was in a car yeah. crash or something that was debilitating for him, and then
1: he died. Yes, I believe that. But uh, left behind a long line of beautiful recordings. accordions, uh, Recordings. Did well, I see an accordion?
5: You said accordion, yes. <laughs> the made with Gary Burton works uh, was like a seminal uh musical event in the uh, middle sixties, early sixties. Uh-huh. And then as luck would have it, I ended up playing in the Gary Burton Quartet in nineteen sixty seven.
1: Wow. And where Pat Martin uh, Pat Matheny got some of his first work from. That's right. Yeah. Well Larry uh, Yes
5: yes, yes ahead. it was the first it was the first choice for guitar.
1: Who was that? The Lenny man I'm talking bro. to. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Lenny Bro. You know, I had a guitar student about 30 years ago who was living in Nashville. He wanted to be a songwriter. He went to a Lenny Bro gig. Lenny needed a, a place to stay. Uh, my guitar student had two rooms. Lenny ended up living with him for several months and the kid had a cassette or two of Lenny coming home after the gig just playing in a cassette recorder. I wish to God I should hire a private investigator to track that kid down because that uh, uh, those tapes would be just priceless right now.
5: If you ever hear Lenny play, there's a recording. It's a bootleg, of course. Dinner session with uh, the, the bandit. Bass player in the drummer that eventually ended up with Bob Dylan.
1: No, no. Tell me a little bit more about Lee, that. Leave
5: on me You are bon me. Helm. And what's the bass player's name? My husband, uh, Rick Rick Danko. Rick Danko. Oh. And they're playing jazz. They're playing bebop. They're playing swing. With there's a version of I Remember April. Right? It's out there. If you just find the right, uh, you
1: know. The right um, the, um connection.
5: That's the word. Yeah, the right connection, the right guy who's got it. Uh, you're not you're not gonna believe it. He starts you hear I remember April and you think it's Ty Farlow. You think it's Cal Farlow. Wow. And all of a sudden other stuff starts to happen that's not Tom Farlow. Wow. And uh, that's why I when you mention that Cal Farlow and Lenny Bro did something together, I must hear this.
1: Yes. Well, I will, I'll tell you what, I know how to get another copy. I'm going to gift you my... Look,
5: when I, when I, when I, come up to Minneapolis, with, the band is called Bombay Jazz, by the way.
1: Okay, Bombay Jazz. You
5: know, uh, I'll, I'll stop counting at 15, 17, and 11 long enough to go see you, <laughs> and... <laughs> I, and I'll take off my Indian cook set for a few hours, <laughs> and wait, And I won't eat Indian food. We'll just have some nice Minnesota pike or something. There
1: you go. Like, walleye pike. Larry, thank and you. Then we go ahead.
5: Just, we can be just guys who love... The American
1: Jazz Guitar. Oh, you're talking to one of them, and, and you're one of the masters of it. Larry Coryell. this has really been a pleasure. I uh, I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm going to gift you my No, pers- you, man? It's always
5: good
1: to meet another uh, kindred spirit. Oh, yeah. Well, there's... Um uh, I've been listening to you for 40 years, and uh, you just—you've uh, really—you've made your mark on younger younger guitarists like myself. And that the fact that you're stronger than ever at the age of 72 or so is a, uh, a beacon of light and hope for the rest of us out there trying to do what you are doing. Thank you, thank you so much, Larry. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, and uh, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us. Okay. You're welcome. Okay, Bye-bye. bless, bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ball of Power Radio Hour. This show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brad Canaver, and recorded at the Minneapolis Media Institute. We'd like to thank our guests, Larry Correale, Laura Sutterberg, and Bruce Karstead, and remind you to go check out the great exhibit at the American Swedish Institute about the history of the Hagstrom guitar. The Institute has over 140,000 visitors a year. Make yourself one of them. They've been there since 1929 and are still rocking big time. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Facebook at Wall of Power Radio Hour, online at wallofpowerradio.com. This is your host, Paul Metzer, reminding you to be kind and make someone happy.